My name's Brian Alquist. I'm, I'm one of the executive pastors here, and um, it's good to be here with you this morning. I am going to continue our series. We're on part three of our series called I Am East Point, and uh, Kurt has covered love and connection. I have serving this morning, and we're going to talk about the value of serving. And I don't know about you, but I kind of find it funny how God reminds me of things that are important to him. Yeah, you, you, you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever just found that God has funny little ways of getting your attention? About 20 years ago, when I first moved out west, um, I had a good friend from college whose parents owned a house on Cannon Beach. And I mean on the beach. And uh, they gave me a key to their guest apartment. And they said, hey, just, you know, whenever you're off, come on down. So about every 14 days, I drove down to Cannon Beach. I was in my early 20s, and I loved just taking time to, to go for walks and to just think about life. And one morning, it was I wanted to beat the rain, and so I knew that I only had a couple hours of, of hiking, and so I, I, I walked out their door, walked 40 feet, and I was on that sand, and I was watching the waves roll in. Anybody been to Cannon Beach? I mean, you're just, it's just like, whoa. You just relax when you're there. Just the salt, the, the, the smell of the salt, the, the beauty of that coastline, it's incredible. And I start hiking. And I'm asking the Lord, Father, what do you want me to do with my life? You know, I was 21, 22 years old at that time, so it was just a couple years ago. No, I'm just kidding. And, uh, and I was just hiking along that, watching the waves roll in. And as I was hiking along, I started to, to notice up ahead this strange pattern in the sand. It was like this giant picture that was drawn, and it was very detailed. It almost looked like some sort of mosaic or something. And as I was walking, I noticed that right in the middle of it was a dead bird. It was a dead bird. And so I walked up to this bird, and it had this circle drawn around it, and it obviously had been caught and eaten by something, right? And, and you guys are going, what does this have to do with... <laughs> oh, but here's, here's what happened. I, I noticed this bird, and I and I'm looking at this giant sun that was drawn around this dead bird, and I'm thinking, was this cultic activity? What was this? So I start kicking this bird a little bit to see what on earth this thing was. And from behind me, kind of a little further up the beach, I hear, hey, dude, don't kick the bird, okay? Just leave it be. And I look up, and there's this little guy, about five foot nothing. He's wearing a tie-dye robe, okay? He's got those John Lennon little round sunglasses on, and he has a staff, okay? And he starts walking towards me, and I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a, it's a beach hippie, you know? And he comes towards me, he comes walking towards me, and, and I say, hey, tell me about this bird. And he says, well, dude, you know, I was walking this morning, and I saw it dead there, and I thought, I've got to release its inner light. So I decided to draw a sun around it so that its light would be released into the hereafter. And I went, wow, dude, you must be from Portland, huh? <laughs> yeah, you betcha. What was interesting is he began to ask me questions. He said, what do you think of this thing? And we started talking about it. Then he starts just sharing his life story with me, where he grew up, what he did, what his spiritual beliefs are. I've sat there for two hours talking to this guy. And I tell you, it was amazing. He had this childlike curiosity about my faith, because I eventually kind of worked in the sun, the sun theme, and I said, hey, you know, I believe in a sun that kind of releases us too. 
and we talked about Jesus, and we had this interesting conversation that followed, and, and, and it just brought me joy to talk with this little guy, and by the way, he was from Portland, and, uh, and, but it was just fun to take time and listen, to take time and really serve him uh, and, and, and listen to his story, and I gotta be honest, God used this little beach hippie in my life that day uh, to answer that prayer, you see, what the Lord kind of told me through this guy was, Brian, I, I want you to serve. I, I want you to care. I, I want you to listen. I want you to disciple. I want you to love people because I love people. And I'll never forget that morning. It really, in many ways, changed my life. It, it fed into the, the whole reason for me going into to ministry eventually. But I, I, I was walking off the beach that morning, go, wow, that was weird, you know, thinking to myself. And, and I began to ask, you know, what does the Bible really even say about serving and loving people? And what I want to do this morning is I want to share just four things that I discovered in God's Word uh, that, uh, that kind of came from this interaction from this beach hippie. And the first thing I want to share is this. Serve out of love. God's Word tells us to, sh- to, to serve out of love. You see, when we talk about serving, I think most of us would agree that serving is us choosing to help someone. And it's out of our free will. You know, I don't know if you noticed, but the guys in the, in the orange jumpsuits along the freeway, they're not serving out of their free will, are they? No, uh-uh. No, no, no. The Department of Correction, they're putting in their time, right? That's not free will. But I, I you know... As, as much as we all serve other people out of, out of our free will, we can serve for the wrong reasons. We can do it for the wrong reasons. Sometimes we do it out of guilt. We serve out of guilt. Maybe you've done something bad in your past and you're trying to make up for it. Or maybe somebody else has guilt tripped us. You like that? Pack your bags, you're going on a guilt trip. You know what I mean? You get a gift, someone says, oh hey, I got this extra iPod touch and they give that to you. And then the next day they're like, hey, man, how's that iPod working? That's great. Gosh, you know, I could really use someone to help me with some yard work. Guilt. That sometimes is the wrong reason. Love isn't the motivation in that, in that case. Sometimes it's tradition. Sometimes tradition can actually be a wrong reason to serve. And let me explain. Let's say, let's say your family every Thanksgiving has gone and simply served food at, at, the, at a homeless shelter. And that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. That's a great thing. But if you go there uh, with a grumpy, terrible attitude, I don't know if that's a real good thing. When you're there and you're thinking to yourself, man, there's football today. I should be home relaxing and stuffing myself. Why am I here? And you're slopping food on the trays like an angry lunch lady, right? <laughs> that's a motivation issue. Sometimes even tradition can be an issue. Approval. Sometimes we, we serve because of approval. We so badly want someone to care for us and acknowledge us. We hunger for it. We feed off it like a leech because we get our worth and value from other people. We need them to say, hey, you're worth something. Thanks for serving. Thanks for doing this. And, and we have a, maybe an unhealthy connection to that. So there are wrong we- reasons for serving. There really are. And really, all of those things are me-focused. We serve because of me. It's a me issue. But listen to what Paul wrote in Galatians 5. He said this, serve one another in love, in unconditional love. And then he quotes Jesus in verse 14. He says, the entire law 
is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. You see, when you serve out of love, you're naturally focused on other people. No matter how strange they are, you, you center on them. But when serving isn't focused on others, service becomes self-focused, self-centered, and really the results, I think, are very obvious. Everything becomes territorial. Maybe you don't know what I mean by that. Maybe uh, when, we're, when everything is about me, even when we serve, we start to think things like this. Uh, we, we think to ourselves, hey, this is my group. This is my group. We're going to run it my way. Or this is my ministry. We're going to do it my way. This is my class. I'm going to teach it my way. So sit down and listen. These are my resources, so I'll let you know how to spend those or use those, okay? Or this is my time. This is my time. I'll choose how I, how I give it to you. It's my time. Or I love this one. Uh, this thing we're doing, yeah, that's not, me, that's not meeting my needs. So I'm not going to do that anymore. It, it, when we become me-focused, we can't be other-focused. We lose that ability to love others. <laughs> On the other hand, when you see someone that you want to do uh, or that you want to serve, right, uh, and that you love, you can't help but just to give to them. Have you ever noticed newlyweds? I did a wedding yesterday, and this couple was whipped. I mean, <laughs> they were so in love. They were just like constantly finding stuff to do for each other before the wedding and after the wedding, and they were just, I mean, at one point I had to slow them down because they were about to kiss, and I wasn't even pronouncing them yet. I was like, whoa, hey, stop. Take a break. But they loved each other. When, when, uh, if you have a child, or if you work with a child, or if you have a grandchild, I have two little boys. I love them. I want to serve them. And I'll tell you, when they're hurt, when they're in need, man, I, I want to give them my best. I care for them so much. 2 Corinthians 5, it says this. Jesus died for all so that all who live, having received eternal life from him, might no longer or might live no longer for themselves, to please themselves, but to spend their lives pleasing Christ who died and rose again for them. That's a powerful passage. To not please ourselves anymore. To, not ple to spend our lives pleasing God and serving others. So how do we do that? Well, we love others and we find ways to serve them, that's how we do that. Peter said it this way, he said, for it's God's will, this is in 1 Peter 2, for it's God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. In other words, we need to walk the talk. If we're saying, hey, I love God, I, I'm a Jesus follower, do you, do you show that in some way? How are you serving your family? How are you serving your community? How are you serving your church? If someone were to, to just look at how you spend your time, would they know you're a Christ follower? Would they even get a clue? God wants us to serve. You see, there's a very natural connection between love and service. Christ followers see the eternal worth and value in others. We get it, we see it. Our motivation is the same unconditional love that Jesus had for us. Because if you remember, while we were sinners, Christ died for us, you remember? 
I think about your past. My, my past was a little crazy and wild in college and stuff like that, and I think, oh, Lord, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you. Why do we love? Because Jesus loved us and he saw us with worth and value. And you guys, that is our motivation. That is how we have to see every person, regardless if they're a beach hippie or a, or a liberal or a conservative, if, if, if they're handicapped or if they're an athlete, it doesn't matter, everyone. You guys, even, you know, for a while for me, it was tough because I had a good friend die in Iraq. It was tough for me to, to, to think of the Taliban or Al-Qaeda and see them with eternal worth and value. But you guys, Jesus Christ died for them too, didn't he? He died for them too. We've got to love. We have to love. Second thing I learned is this. Serve because you're needed. You ever get a blister on your foot hiking or running? Anybody? You ever get that? I was like, yes, okay. Um, I, I did a hike. It took me nine hours once. It t- we were in the Mission Mountains, and we hiked about 4,000 vertical feet. It was a tough hike. We got up to about 6,000 feet to see this beautiful glacier lake. And by the time I got up there, I had huge blisters on my feet. And let me tell you, I'm, I, I've got, I don't have a great back, so my back and neck can bug me, but I don't notice my feet a lot. I just don't. But let me tell you, my dogs were barking that day. They were killing me, and I noticed them. They hurt Listen to what Paul had in mind when he, when he wrote this. God used Paul to say this. He said, if they, and he's talking about the church, he's talking about the body of Christ, if they, the body of Christ, were all one, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but just one body, one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. When I got those blisters on my feet, I didn't say, hey, does anyone got an ax? You know, I'm just going to cut that foot off or both these feet off and I'll just hike out without them. I mean, no, no, that's what Paul's getting at in this. When our body is in need, we tend to it. We take care of it. We don't just throw it away like it's a problem. You know, last March, uh, we were in what's called uh, uh, the staff leadership team meeting and uh, Kurt and the SLT talked to me about Adventureland a little bit because we were at, last March, an all-time low in volunteers. In, in 10 years of this ministry, we were at an all-time low. And it needed some attention. And so the senior staff looked at that, and we didn't go, well, let's just get rid of it. it. You know, let's just cut that part of our body off. We don't need it. We didn't say that. We can't say that. It's our children. My boys are back there. Many of your kids are back there, to the tune of, I don't know, 140 to 180 kids a weekend are back there. So we weren't just going to cut that part of the body off and ignore it. In fact, you know what we did? We sent, including myself, four staff members back there. Why? Because we as a church need that part of our body. We need it. We need it to do East Point. They are part of us. So we tended to it. And in addition, uh, we spoke to the board and we made a very important hire. In fact, I want to introduce him this morning. His name is Darren Branty. I'm going to have Darren come up here. And uh, Darren, yeah, give him a hand. Good to see you, buddy. Darren is our first ever children's pastor, full time. And uh, I wanted to take just a few minutes this morning to introduce him to you guys. So uh, I know you, Darren, but why don't you, why don't you tell us all about yourself? Oh, you know what? Let's get a mic for you. Yeah. Otherwise, people see you going. 
Here you go, buddy. My name's Darren Branting. I'm 40 years old. I was born and raised in Spokane and graduated from EWU with an undergraduate degree and my graduate degrees. Uh, I graduated um, with uh, degrees in education and curriculum and instruction. For 16 years, um, I spent teaching and during that time I also taught, substituted, worked uh, with many different grade levels as an instructor, substitute, coach, um, and volunteer. I'm married to that beautiful lady that was up there, Lindsay Branting. We have two amazing kids, Jaslyn, 13, and Gijavan, who's 10. Can we put that back up just to take a peek at that? There they are. In fact, they're here. You guys want to just wave real quick? Ah, uh, they didn't really there want they are. to, Yay, but okay. there they are. Yeah, that's my lovely family. That's weird, because 12 people just raise their hands. No, <laughs> All right. <laughs> got a big family there, yeah, Sometimes you get them to wave, and Well, awesome. Hey, tell us, tell us your passion for this ministry a little bit. What is your passion? That's one of the main reasons I'm here. Uh, I completely love working with people and learning, especially about God's Word. Adventureland has incredible volunteers. I love working with our volunteers, learning with them, getting to know them, striving together to support our church. Then, to go beyond that, it's inspiring to encourage those volunteers to share their gifts and help other volunteers to help kids, families, our church family. Brian, those kids are our future. Uh, they're the future of the church, the community, ultimately God's ministry. I want to build the kind of children's ministry team that loves and supports this. I totally feel that's how Jesus would do it and how he'd have us do it. And I desire to see kids be wholehearted followers of Christ and have a lot of fun in that endeavor. Awesome. What, what do you think Adventureland's greatest need is right now? Adventureland exists to be a conduit between the home, the families, and God's word. We have need of anyone who will accept the opportunity to be involved. Many times in a large congregation, some may think um, that only certain people can really help in a kid's ministry. And I'm just here to say that's not the case at all. In, in reality, we need, to serve, we need people to serve in a that have a variety of gifts, and talents, personality types, we have many areas in the kids' ministry to serve. We have openings in our service booth as assistants. We have classroom volunteers that help with check-in and check-out. Uh, those that help sing or play, maybe, maybe lead a group, teach. And we're working on bringing together a facilities team for cleaning and maintenance as well. Ventureland can use everyone, anyone who says, I'm willing. I can offer my time, my talents. That's a hard attitude and a call that God initiates. Folks, we need you. Yeah, we do, don't we? We do. We do. We do. Well, Darren, thanks for coming up here and mm -hmm. taking time away from the kids to chat with us, buddy. Let's give him a hand, you guys.
Well, that's really true. You guys, we do need you. We do need you. You know, the staff that's helping back there, uh, we can only help for a season. We, we all have other areas of ministry that we're involved in too, but we wanted to prioritize the kids. So the four of us, in addition to Darren, that are back there are really uh, spending some time working with those kids right now. But Adventureland, it still needs tending to, to the tune of uh, 40, at least 40 more volunteers. At least 40 more volunteers. And the truth is, right now, Adventureland and the staff at East Point, they need you. They need you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But not only do, do we need you, but the truth is you need us because we're the body of Christ. And the head can't say to the foot, I don't need you. We can't say that. We can't say that. The truth is there will be a time when you will need us. You might be in the need of counseling. We do individual counseling, parenting counseling, marriage counseling, premarital counseling, whether it's through the pastoral staff or with our volunteers. We, uh, I mentioned I do a weddings. Do you know the pastoral staff? We marry and bury. We do funerals too. We do that. And I don't know a pastor on this staff that's ever charged for a funeral. We spend time doing that. We do hospital visitations. We run discipleship classes. We do training for small group leaders. We do restoration ministries. You guys, we do a ton of different things. We really do. We serve because we're needed and we need each other. Serve because you are needed. Every part is important. Third, serve sacrificially. I played football in my youth. I played football. And um, I played center for a long time. And we, uh, the quarterback, I always uh, uh, was, was fearful of what he would call the option play. We called it just the option play. And the quarterback would, would uh, have me hike the ball. You know, he'd say, one or two. And I'd hike the ball to him. And he would have three choices. The quarterback could either keep the ball himself and run. He could hand it to the fullback or he could toss it to the halfback. And uh, I always feared that play because we would just get smashed on it if you were in the line. And I remember one particular game, Alex, the quarterback, called that option play. We hiked it on two, I hiked the ball to him, and I could see the fullback coming between me and the right tackle, or the right guard. And I'm telling you, the whole defensive line just crashed on us, and it was one of those tackles where you are just hearing the collision of helmets, shoes are flying up in there. It is just a spaghetti of team members just intertwined in this pile of dust, dirt, and mud. And uh, I'm laying on the bottom of that. Our fullback is next to me. And off in the distance, I began to hear the crowd cheer because our quarterback, Alex, just ran a sweep and he ran into the end zone. But I wasn't getting any glory for it, you know? I just thought, man, that is so, in my, in my youth, I kept thinking, that is such a lame play. I want the glory. Man, nobody thanked us, but they all celebrated Alex. And actually, the play worked because we fooled the defense and he ran in. Listen to what, what Paul said in Romans 12. He said, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. You guys, when you serve, when you serve, it comes at a cost. It comes at a sacrifice. And that cost is time. Or how we like to say it in our culture, our freedom. Our freedom. That's what we call time. It's our freedom. So when someone talks about sacrificing time, we say, whoa, wait a minute. Are, are you saying I've got to get up, give up my free time to watch kids or 
lead a group or serve the homeless? Is that what you're saying? Because if that's true, I ain't going to do it. Ain't going to happen. Because that's my freedom. You're taking my freedom from me. But listen, you guys, serving will always restrict your freedom for the sake of others. Just ask a parent. Right? It's a sign of doing community, doing family, and doing connection, and doing it well. That's what sacrifice is. It's taking time to care, to meet the needs of a meaningful ministry, to find that one lost sheep, to care for the sick and lonely, to hang out with a beach hippie. It's sacrifice, it's time. Sacrifice is asking yourself, am I willing to restrict my freedom and lose some of my time for the sake of someone else? You know, last week, Kurt talked about connection, with, which naturally leads to community. And here's the bottom line, you guys, I really want you to hear this, okay? Community isn't just something that you make sure you're in. It's something that you make sure others are in. That's what community is. That's what it does, and that takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. Last point. Serve for the joy of it. Serve for the joy of it. Do you know anyone who really loves what they do? I know a lot of people that love what they do. But do you know anybody who loves what they do even though they do it for free? They just do it for free? Um, I, I know uh, several people like that, and they attend our church. And I, I had a list of different names here, and I'm kind of going back and forth on which one to talk about. And you know who I want to tell you about is my friend Sandy, Sandy Overstreet. Um, it, she, she oversees our divorce care ministry. Doesn't that sound fun? Let's lead a ministry with, with divorced people. Let's minister. Yay! Right? Some of us go, man, that must be a bummer. That must be really hard. You guys, if you met Sandy and you sat with her, you would serve in that ministry like that because she is so full of Jesus. She draws you in. Uh, it, it, she sucks you into her orbit. <laughs> She's so full of joy. And when you, if you're here on Monday evening and you walk in and you see the, the, that divorce care and divorce care for kids, by the way, is going on too, if you come into that and you meet Sandy and her team, you're gonna feel so loved and so cared for because she loves what she does. And, and, and you can see the joy on her face. Hebrews 12, 2, 2 says this. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let me ask you a question. Who is the joy set before him? Anybody want to guess? Wow, we need some coffee. Okay, it's us, right? The joy set before him wasn't, I'm gonna come up with a really neat theology. You know, it wasn't that. It was you and me. We're the joy. Jesus, despite the pain of the cross, despite dying on the cross, despite tolerating becoming sin, do you know the scripture actually says that? It says that he became sin, that, that all of our sin was poured into him. Isn't that a, a little strange? I mean, I can't swallow that, the metaphysics of that. I don't get it. But if you think Jesus struggled physically, think about it. He took to the cross all of your sin, all of my sin, all of the sin before us, and all of the sin that ever happened after us. That was the cup he had to carry. That's why he said, Father, if there's another way, if there's another way, 
but, but for the joy set before him, he endured it. He endured it because he wanted to see us free. He wanted to know that we would be with him forever. He wanted us to live as we truly are. And that brings Jesus Christ joy. So he served. Scripture says to be joyful always. So what's your joy level at? Zero to ten, just in your head. What's it at? How joyful are you? Because my guess is if you serve others, it will go up. I'm telling you, that is what Sandy does. Sandy's joy, because she gives every week, it goes up. And if you're part of that ministry, you just know it. You know what I'm talking about. If Jesus was a, a, a little uh, grandma, he'd look just like Sandy, you know? She's that kind of person. She is full of Jesus Christ and full of his joy. So my hope for you, my prayer for you, is that you will serve. Serve at home. Serve at your job. Serve in your community. Serve as part of this body of Christ. But you guys, listen, my greatest hope today is that you will serve the children in our church who are part of this body of Christ. I want to take a moment just to show this video. We're going to we're gonna take a peek at this, and I'm gonna give you a few directions. And ushers, maybe during this uh, video, if we could pass out the yellow slips that we need to hand out, I'd appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Oh, it's fun, just interacting with the kids. Mom and dad can be in, in service and, and knowing that their kids are taken care of. And you're teaching about God, and that's, and that's completely rewarding. Some of my favorite verses in the Bible is when Jesus loves on the kids. It makes me excited and happy to come back every Sunday or to even be a part of that, to know that maybe some of the kids are running to their parents saying, today I learned in Adventureland and I was a part of that learning. At first you start serving thinking, well, I need to do my part to help the church, but what it actually ends up doing is serving you. That I'm making a difference in kids' lives, that something that they'll get to carry with them forever. Maybe just that one day, bad day they're having or whatever, that you can drop close to them and just say, hey, it's okay. Knowing that I am making a difference and I am help planting a seed. If you love children, if you want to be a part in helping develop a child's life, this is the place for you. Yeah, let's, let's hear it for our Ventureline team, you guys. They, they do work so hard. I, I've been so proud to work with Darren since he's come on board. He's more than doubled our volunteer staff. He's cleaned up all the rooms. He's just an amazing guy. But guys, listen, we seriously need your help. We need between, I'd like to see between 40 and 80 signups this weekend. Not five, not 10, not 15. Between 40 and 80. Increase your joy, you guys, by serving. Serve in Adventureland. And I want to give you a few just quick directions. The, the ushers are passing out some of these yellow slips. If you look at that, it's, a, it's just a sign-up card for Adventureland. I, I want to challenge you to complete that. In just a minute, the ushers are going to come back, and we're going to take an offering. You can put it in that offering bag, or you could take that yellow slip, and you can drop it off in that back table back there. Just put it right back there. And in fact, Tina, why don't you wave? See Tina back there, everybody? The, under the Connect, Serve, Grow. Go back there, give her that, and she's going to hand you an Adventureland application so you can fill that out. Every volunteer we have is on file because we believe in a safe ministry. And we check, uh, we make sure that you're, you know, not a beach hippie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, dude, I want to serve too. 
So you guys sign up and, and bless those kids. I'm gonna invite the ushers to come back forward and, and uh, we're gonna prepare our offering and our tithes as the worship team uh, brings out its special guest members to lead us in a song that our Adventureland uh, kids love to sing. I love that song, but I'm still wondering who Yu-Gi-Oh is. Did you catch that? Am I just getting old? Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah, man. Who's Yu-Gi-Oh? Is he some dude? (laughs) Must be getting old. You know, um, I love those kids, and it's fun to be there every week. And I want to share one last thing with you before I pray. Just a thought, and I I went back and forth on whether or not to share this, but but I'm going to because I want you to know how much we need you. We really need you. We're the body of Christ, Adventureland. Uh, we need to tend to it, and we need volunteers. We've got some leaders back there. We've got great leaders back there. We need volunteers. Darren, since we hired him back in March, uh, Darren and I work both services so that we can teach those classes, which means neither of us have sat with our families for six months. We haven't. And uh, some people, I can't, going back and forth, should I share that with you guys? I'm not saying, hey, pack your bags, you're going on a guilt trip. That's not my motivation. Okay, but a friend of mine challenged me. He said, you know, people have the right to know. They want to know that. They want to know how hard you're working. They want to know that. They want to hear that. And guys, I would like to sit in a service, and Darren would like to sit in a service, and we need you to be able to pull that off. And again, my motivation in sharing that is what Paul wrote in Acts 20. He said this, In everything I did, I showed you that that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, who said, It is more blessed to give than receive. You guys, we serve out of love, we serve because we're needed, we serve sacrificially, and we serve for the joy of it. Let's pray. Lord, I wanna thank you for every single person that's here today, and I wanna pray that you would just put it on our hearts to love people, to serve people, to sacrifice our time, to care for children, to, 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 to lead a life group, to be part of the worship team, to join the drama team, to, to, to to serve in our restoration ministries. Put it on our hearts to sacrifice, to look like you. That's our greatest call, Lord, is to look and to be like you. That's what you've called us to do. So Father, put it on our hearts this morning. Don't let us leave here without asking that question. What's my joy level at? How can I serve these people that I love because you love me first, Jesus? I ask that all in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Hey, if you need prayer, I encourage you to come forward. The prayer team's gonna meet you up here and pray for you. And uh, drop off that yellow slip on your way out. And you guys, thank you for coming today. God bless you. Go serve. <laughs>